Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Live from the corner of Broadway and Battery, you're listening to Damon Bruce and Ray Ratto on 95.7 The Game. All right, coming to you live from the studio of depression. You're going to have to be way more specific than that. Not the normal studio that you're depressed in, but an actual studio of depression. I mean, the kind of backup studio you wouldn't want to keep prisoners in. That's where we're coming from today because it's a really short show. We got ourselves 26 official minutes here on 95.7 The Game before we hand the baton to our good friend John Dickinson, who's going to get you ready for a little rematch of last year's NBA Finals. we got Warriors and Celtics tonight. Hopefully that's enough to shake the Warriors out of their doldrums. Uh, John Dickinson coming up at 3.30 here with Warriors Live. Tip off tonight at 4.30. Ray and I are going to hop over to the stream Odyssey app. Go ahead, download it, have it today. We've asked you this a million times. The reason why you're going to want to do that is because around 3.30, we're going to be joined by Bay Area legend, legendary Saturday Night Live cast member, comedian, impressionist, funny guy all around, and the reason why we're having him on, huge 49ers fan Dana Carvey is going to be joining us over on the stream starting at 3.30 today. So, Ray, I hope you're ready for the fastest, happiest show in sports coming to you live from the studio of depression. Fastest and happiest are a redundancy, first of all. For you. Well, yes, because getting out early is um, the American dream. Indiana, Illinois tonight just so happens. Just throwing that out there. Well, then that's why you wanted to get out at 4.30. Sometimes you're going to have to talk directly into the microphone, sweetheart, because these microphones are the worst microphones money can actually buy. I suspect they probably didn't buy them. No, they probably they probably fell off a truck. It feels like a leftover. I mean, this it, is this is Odyssey, after all. It where, really, <laughs> by the way, Dana Carvey's got a, a show with David Spade on Odyssey. Fly on the Wall is the name of their podcast. We'll talk to him about that. About a lot probably of things. Working for turnips. Yeah, but, well, maybe for microphones. Obviously, we haven't found. Uh, any new microphone business. So if you're in the microphone business, give us a call. You could be a sponsor of today's show. Uh, And we're going to be in the studio of depression tomorrow as well. So lots of excitement coming up. Not much news concerning 49ers and Cowboys. As a matter of fact, it's been a very quiet week. Both camps don't have a lot to say. No bulletin board material. It's clearly the marching orders 
leading up to Sunday afternoon, although, you know, bulletin board material is not really happening anywhere these days around any of these games. So look at Lucas just trying to set up Ray's microphone. There you go. Well, no, he, what he also did was he turned it off so he wouldn't be brushing up against it, so you wouldn't be rubbing your jacket all over it, sounding like a world's biggest pair of corduroy pants walking down the hallway. Well, my jacket's not on currently, so he did that for no good reason except a grandstand. Typical SC behavior. Hey, look at us. <laughs> we finished 8-4. and four. We should be in the national championship. Great defense. Uh, we do have a little... News of the day, though, in the NFL for you. We'll start with one story that could maybe affect the 49ers in the upcoming season. Then we'll get to the other stuff that is actual headlines. But I saw today the uh, international flair NFL table is about to be set for the 2023 season, and the 49ers might be crossing the pond, maybe. There are five teams playing international games next season, and when you do that, you lose a home game. Buffalo, Tennessee, Jacksonville are all heading to London. Kansas City and New England will be heading to play games in Germany. Now, we don't know who the opponents are for any of those home games going international on us here, but the 49ers are on the Jaguars' schedule next year, which gives the Niners a 1-8 in eight one and nine, I'm guessing. One depending. and nine, yeah, because, one and... yeah, the AFC has the extra home game this year. Okay. This coming year. Okay. So that would be next year. It would be this year or next year? Because, no, this year was NFC had the extra home game next right. year. Is it? Okay, so. Yeah. No, you could tell because all five European games are going to be hosted by AFC teams. And since that counts as a home game. There you go. That makes perfect sense then. Finally, the NFL lines something up that makes a little bit of sense. Congratulations to everyone involved. Matt Mayoko said, you know, the 49ers are scheduled to play at the Jaguars next season. It is possible. There is officially a one in nine chance that that will be a game heading to London and take place in Wembley Stadium. But as I said earlier this week, Ray, not only should I be a sports talk radio host, but I should be in charge of a lot of things in sports, namely uh, the network making up i i will make up the four percent year over year loss in the wild card round just by stacking those games in a different order if i'm the nfl here's what i absolutely know jacksonville plus anybody is selling out wembley stadium right i mean the jacksonville plus anybody is gonna is gonna work over there it's not who is here it's just that it's here. The NFL is in front of us. So it seems to me like it would be a completely wasted opportunity to have a lesser game and give Jacksonville a proper, in the state of Florida, actual chance to sell out a home game because 49ers in Jacksonville next year is a sellout. Niners come into your stadium, that stadium's going to sell out. So for a team that looks always to be playing in front of capacity in Jacksonville, if I were them, if it were up to me to make the selection, the 49ers are only going to Jacksonville. They're not going to be going to Wembley Stadium. But if the NFL wants to throw away a true home sellout, go ahead and send them to London. I'm sure people in London would love it. When I got to London, there were two teams that I saw represented above all other teams in sports. It was the 49ers and the Raiders. 49ers and Raiders gear was all over London and Paris, to be totally honest with you. Uh, this was, by the way, officially 
you know, at the dawn of the Warriors dynasty. So we weren't quite living in Steph Curry's world back at that time that I was over there. So uh, there are a lot of 49er fans there. But again, Jacksonville is kind of London's adopted home team. No wonder why they're all depressed over there, too. Well, they didn't adopt them. It was foisted upon It was foisted upon them. Yeah, it's, just, it's not like they all lined up and voted. Yeah, give us that team. We'll take the Jaguars. Yeah. Said no one. No, the only reason why Jacksonville is uh, London's designated favorite team is because Shad Khan owns Fulham. Of course. Which is a London-based Premier he, League team. He's from there. And oh, he's actually from Pakistan, but... No, but he, I believe he grew up and was educated in London. I don't know if he was. Well, I, I know he grew up there. I don't know if he was where he was educated, but I know he made most of his money here. So, Well, good for him. Uh, news and his o- kid runs wrestling now. So, Seriously? Yeah. His kid runs wrestling? Yes. Like WWE? He's a, he's a part of that. He's got his own sort of AEW. satellite. He's AEW. got AEW too, but now that wwe has gone through yet another upheaval and vince mcmahon is back tony khan is part of that new group i had no idea ray you you taught me something today thank you well give it time that'll blow over nfl news oh the day again it it doesn't affect the 49ers honestly that that international news is a more odds on chance of not affecting the 49ers as well but here we go Offensive coordinator. Rough day to be an OC in the AFC, by the way. Uh, Offensive coordinator. Well, Brian Leftwich actually wasn't from the AFC. We'll get to the AFC in a second. But uh, Byron Leftwich has been fired by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's one of eight coaches that Tampa uh, let leave work with their supplies in a milk crate today. They averaged, did the Buccaneers, 18.4 points per game this year, which is 25th in the NFL. That is a big decline over the, you know, risk it no no risk it no brisket uh theory that they had when bruce arians was there and things were certainly happy in the land of tampa uh the buccaneers had the league's worst rushing attack though i mean how much is that really on byron leftwich it was a rushing attack that begged to be abandoned so to say that that team got one-dimensional because the offensive coordinator wasn't creative i think is is nonsense I think you're only playing the hand that you're dealt. And Tampa Bay had the kind of hand this year where they're going to ask a 45-year-old man to throw a career-high 756 passes. That's the hand that they were dealt. So I would have, you know, if you had a problem with this roster, I would have fired the GM, I think, before I fired Byron Leftwich, although they did struggle in the red zone. But again, isn't that Tom Brady making those choices more than anyone else? Look, this is what happens when the head coach has been screamed at by the owner. Yeah, I, I mean I guess that's so. why that's why most NFL teams have about twenty assistant coaches now, because the more coaches you can throw in the fire, the warmer the room gets, and the warmer the room gets, the less likely the owner is going to complain that the room is cold. Uh, another offensive coordinator with ties right back to uh, Jim Harbaugh and the Forty Nine er glory days. Greg Roman has officially decided to step down as the Ravens' offensive coordinator. He had a year left on his deal. After, uh, quote, after visiting with Coach Harbaugh and huddling up with my family, I've decided now is the right time to move on from the Ravens so I can explore new challenges and opportunities. Uh, I'll truly miss Baltimore, but at the same time, I'm excited to attack my next opportunity with focus and passion. I think he's about to go get a job in college. Don't you? 
head coaching job somewhere in college. It I, is. I don't uh, know. I don't even know if it's a head coaching job. I mean, it's not like I see a lot of people clamoring for him. Um, and in terms of he, who decided that, the only decision that Greg Roman got to make was cardboard or plastic with the boxes that he was putting his stuff in. That, that was that was another one of those. Okay, our offense was horrible. We completely bollocked up that playoff game. We stink just as a visual. And Steve Bashotti, who likes to keep his hands off the team, still had enough time to say, uh, John, do something about this now. If I were John, I, if I look at it this way, unless John Harbaugh had had all the Greg Roman that he really wanted to take and wanted to move on as well, I would have gone right back to uh, the Ravens owner and said, so you have a former MVP that you left in a contractual albatross, which absolutely probably affected his timeline to return in front of that playoff game because he would be nuts to go out there and play under a I-have-no-safety-net scenario in the playoffs. I mean, the Baltimore Ravens did as much to make sure their season wouldn't go anywhere with a Lamar Jackson decision to not pay him as any in-game decision affected a single drive all year long. No question. I don't disagree with a single moment of it. But Wow! Steve, Steve Bishotti Wow, paid. I'm sorry. Could you say that one more time? Say what one more time? That you didn't disagree with a moment of, of the We only have 90 minutes. Don't piss me off. All right. But Steve Bishotti still pays all the bills, including John Harbaugh's salary. So that's a simple matter of, well, John, that may be true. So he's not going to get lippy either. No, he's not going to bring that up in any way, shape, or form because they've known what they were going to pay Lamar Jackson or what they weren't going to pay Lamar Jackson back in August. So John bringing that up in January probably wouldn't have floated. The Road to Glendale is brought to you by Marowest Credit Union, working for you today, tomorrow, together. Um, look, the, the Ravens have been going backwards in terms of points per game uh, over the last four years. They've seen it drop dramatically to its low point this year. But again, look at why their offense dropped dramatically this year. There's an awful lot of Lamar Jackson did not play going around for the Ravens that I think explains their problems more than anything else. Well, uh, but the other thing that explains their problems is Mark Andrews is their most dangerous weapon, and he's the tight end. And if your tight end is your most dangerous weapon, what you've got is no wide receivers and no running game. What about Kansas City, though? Their Kansas City ends? has weapons other than Right, but he's still Travis their most Kelsey. dangerous weapon. He is, but it's not like you can't sit there and think, well, they have receivers that you can throw to. And they have the quarterback, who probably is even more dangerous than Travis Kelsey. And they have Andy Reid. Which we're going to get to in just a second here. Because he was fired today, too. He was not fired today. He does retain his job. But he was fired in the past when he wore the crown of best to have not won a Super Bowl. Or, you know, by negative Philadelphia fans saying, we have to get rid of him because that guy just is never going to be able to win the big one. And there was enough coming up short in Philadelphia who, where I could understand why that, the, that was rubbing against the grain in Philadelphia at that point. I get it. At the same time, I want to talk about how you know people have said, well, don't you owe an apology to? Don't you need to apologize for? No, this is sports talk radio. <laughs> We're not in the apology business. But I do think it'd be appropriate for us to extend a little house credit when it's officially earned. 
Ray, in my mind, the 49ers have officially earned the following. Number one, and this is from me. I mean, you, you, you talk about what they've earned from you. From me, number one, they're never going to hear about Solomon Thomas again. That's the level of success that they have had as a front office and as a team over the last few years. You will never hear me bring up Solomon Thomas as a reason to not trust this team to get things wrong. Um, they've hit on way too many starters and pro bowlers in the fifth round alone for me to keep bringing up their very first first round mistake. So I wipe from my language from the show any criticism over that a full cease and desist of any Solomon Thomas criticisms. That ship has sailed. Doesn't feel like a lot. So let me move on. Number two. Okay, wait a minute. What about Dante Pettis? You mean Chicago Bear, total stud, number one wide receiver, Dante Pettis? Well, I mean, he I'm going to hold drafted, that against everyone still. He, he was drafted a year later, so the statute of limitations may not have run out on him. Uh, I, I'm going to let it slide on Pettis, too. I'm going to let it slide on Pettis because they found, you know, Jawan Jennings and Ayuk certainly made up for things and looks like he is not just going to be a let's hope he works, but a true serviceable NFL entity for years to come. Obviously, Debo Samuel. George Kittle again. I, I'm I am wiping clean early draft criticism from here on, going forward. Number two, I am never gonna wonder aloud again if Kyle Shanahan is the right guy for this job. I think he has proven implicitly that he is the right guy for the job. It it was a slow start, as total rebuilds often are, and that's what Kyle came into. It was a total rebuild. And there were bumps along the way. But I guess what fans need to understand is that there really is never a smooth road to NFL success for anyone. You know, there's no such thing as, and then everything was easy for five years in a row. Like, that doesn't happen. That's not available in any sport, especially football. So I'm not going to hold that against Kyle anymore either. He is definitively the right guy for this job. There has been enough success in the regular season and in the postseason now without winning a Super Bowl to know that he's the right guy for the job. So I absolve the 49ers, Jed York, Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, and all of any criticism of that. So his official record now is 47 and 26 because you're giving him mulligans on the first two years. I Sure. Okay. If, if you want to do that, I, I can do that. I'm comfortable with doing that. And the other thing that we're not going to be doing is accepting any more comments along the lines of, well, you know, Shanahan is good. He just can't win the big one. Because you know who that applies to? Absolutely everyone in sports, every team in sports, every coach in sports until they actually win the big one. And past performance does not dictate future results. So to say that it hasn't happened means it can never happen doesn't make any sense anyways and there's also this guess how many active coaches there are in this league that have actually won a super bowl what is that number just off the top of your head without looking without thinking real quick five just a couple more mike tomlin john harbaugh pete carroll mike mccarthy doug peterson andy reed sean mcveigh that's just seven guys and of those seven two of them Carol and Andy Reid 
were given up on by, in Andy's case, a team, in Pete's case, multiple teams, the Jets and the Patriots, before, what do you know, they were good enough to win it after all. Well, Peterson was given up too. Peterson was given up too, but that's after they had won. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, I almost had... uh, I almost had Mike McCarthy in that conversation, but Mike won a Super Bowl, and then they said, "All right, we got to move on." And I understand how that that happens. You do eventually need new voices in the room. But anyone who wanted to make the argument that Pete Carroll nor Andy Reid were ever going to be good enough to go and win a Super Bowl in the moment, you might have sounded like a big shot who knew what they were talking about. But looking at it all now, that's it's ridiculous. <laughs> they were definitely well, good enough to have won a Super Bowl. Well, four words: Jets and pre-Belichick Patriots. There's that. So There's all that. There's all that. But again... It's, it's a ju- reminder that coaches don't have final say on whether a team wins or not. That's got a lot to do with roster construction. It's got a lot to do with injury luck. I mean, everything about a football team is interlocked with every other thing about a football team. That's why the Coach of the Year Award is pretty dodgy at best. And why the executive of the year, they always have a different one every other year. I mean, now, if you won it one year, did you suddenly become stupid the next? Or did you get unlucky? You know, that's the problem with a lot of those awards. It doesn't take into account the fact that if you've won it once, you don't get stupider, you get unluckier. And for those who, you know, haven't won it yet... Everyone wants to talk about, well, this is a coach of the year moment. It it takes several years of roster construction to even create the team that can provide a coach of the year moment. So to try to reduce anything to it's a this season award based around team success is sort of a fool's errand to begin with. Yeah, I mean, it's it and coach of the year is particularly annoying because it is structured so that it's not about who did objectively the best job because typically that will be the team with the best record. It's an overachievement award. Yeah, it's a it's a based on the notion that we get to set what the expectations for your team are even though we're all idiots. And then we get to decide if you overachieved or not. I mean, because if you wanted if you want to do coach of the year it's it's Doug Peterson by that definition. If you want to do it by the other definition, it's Andy Reid. Now, who's had the longer career? Who's shown more of the aptitude that says this guy should be a coach of the year all the time. Sandy Reid. I mean, consistently over the last five years, there is no better team than the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. And, you know, all the years that he took the, the Eagles deep into the postseason with quarterbacks who weren't Patrick Mahomes, I mean, he might be, well, it's, it's, it's a class of two, him and Belichick. We got uh, much coming up when we head over to the stream, including a conversation with Bay Area legend Dana Carvey. We're looking forward to that. It's actually the second time that Dana Carvey's will have appeared on the show. Remember when we did that, who's the most famous person you can get to call in contest a few years back, which we we actually crushed. Like Our audience knows some famous people, and the reason why Dana Carvey, I don't believe, won his day is because after we talked to him, Chris Pratt called in. And Chris Pratt, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy level uh, famous, pretty much won the day. I think he also, he beat out Steve Wozniak. And all he did was, in, you know, reinvent the way 
the entire world communicates. So yeah, he did all the stuff that Steve Jobs got credit for. He, he kind of did. So anyway, we got uh, that coming up on the other side of the stream. And the reason why we are going to the stream is because we got Warriors and we got Celtics officially coming up tonight. And you know what? That is exactly, I think, what this road trip needs. Because the Warriors like average teams, and they are the definition of an average team right now, usually play up or down to their competition. This is a level of competition that they will play up to. I think the Warriors are going to put their best effort out on the court tonight, and whether or not that's good to find them a win in Boston, we'll all stick around to see. But I think the effort level, which has been certainly among the things that we have questioned at times, I think it's going to be right tonight, and when the Warriors are playing hard, there's a very good chance that they can win that basketball game. Having said all that, you know what's changed about the Warriors. They have backpedaled in terms of how good they are. The Boston Celtics have not. As a matter of fact, they might even be better than they were last year, Ray. And among, you know, there there are two guys who have led the way too early to even have it MVP discussion up to this point, and it's Jokic and it's Doncic. Jason Tatum is not a distant third in that conversation if you really wanted to have one about him. He's been money this year. And we'll see if he's got his running mate, uh, Jalen Brown, going with him tonight because I know that he's been out of available. Oh, he is going? I just got a thumbs up from Lucas. He is playing. There you go. Now that explains why the line jumped from 5 to 7 today. There you go. Warriors. We got, yeah. They got themselves a... Uh, oh, they're, they're, in, they're in it up to their eyelids tonight. But that's good for them. Conceivably, but they're, you know... Playing hard defense may not get you a win anyway because that's how good Boston is this year. Boston is that good this year, but the Warriors got enough offense to where they usually would carry the day, no matter who they're playing that day, if they had just stepped on their defensive effort a little bit. And so we'll see what happens tonight. I know our friend John Dickinson is coming up next, getting you ready with Warriors Live. Everyone here on 95.7 The Game, that's what you got. If you want to hop on over to the stream, Ray and I will be there in a matter of magical moments. And then just a few moments after that, Dana Carvey is going to join us. We're looking forward to that. Hopefully you are too. Uh, In the meantime, brilliant, brilliant 26 minutes of radio here on 95.7 The Game. Much more brilliance with our friend John Dickinson and Warriors Live right around the corner. Uh, It is brought to you by our friends at Xfinity. Supercharge your home with supersonic Wi-Fi, unbeatable internet only from Xfinity. And we are brought to you as well by Bud Light. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.